I went to a marvelous party. Christopher, this is only going to work if we speak one at a time. Fine, you first, Eric. Sunset Strip in beautiful West Hollywood, California. It's the Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, the Internet's first live comedy variety show. Featuring special correspondents from the worlds of entertainment, politics, and lousy relationships. Everyone gets served. Tonight's live cast is streaming to you through the dinnerpartyshow.com with your hosts, New York Times best-selling novelists Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Good evening, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you're listening to the live cast of The Dinner Party Show for August 25th, 2013. And tonight, we will not be talking about the fact that Donald Trump is a professional idiot and his Twitter account, the herpes simplex of American discourse. Ouch. Except to note, with pleasure, <laughs> that New York's Attorney General is suing Trump for $40 million. Excellent. Alleging that the perpetually bankrupt real estate mogul ran a phony university that promised to make students rich, but instead steered them into expensive and meaningless seminars and failed to deliver <laughs> promised uni- apprenticeships. Uh-huh. Trump <laughs> University. We won't be discussing it, though, and we won't be discussing Trump's overblown and megalomaniacal response to said lawsuit, just like we won't be discussing his hateful bullying of the president or anyone else who dares to question the preposterously stupid public statements he makes on an almost daily basis. Ugh. Keep tweeting, Donald. You obviously get some sexual thrill out of being a punching bag, a punching bag full of bigotry and ignorance and shady business deals. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> we here at the Dinner Party Show categorically refuse to discuss anyone who is offended by Vice President Al Gore's comments about the domestic political terrorists in Congress and elsewhere who, in their slavish devotion to the oil companies they work for, continue to insist, wait for it, that there is no link between climate change and carbon pollution of the atmosphere. Jesus. Gore, who won the Nobel Prize for his work as a climate science educator, compared the denier's tactics to a drunk father who controls the conversation by flying into a rage whenever a topic he doesn't like or that makes him look bad comes up in conversation. In fact, drunk fathers and jerks like the scientifically insupportable climate change deniers who employ intimidation rather than data or evidence or, you know, the truth, are what scientists like to call bullies. Mm -hmm. So, rather than dignify their nonsensical responses to a 
perfect description of their fallacious and dangerous defense of the corporate interests they are protecting at the expense of their own grandchildren, we here at The Dinner Party Show propose instead a zero-tolerance policy for bullying in state and federal government. That way, we can expel these jerks and get on with trying to deal with the problem being created by all of us, whether those idiots and bullies believe it or not. And they totally do. They are just being paid to say that they don't. So I guess that makes them paid bullies and paid bullies are really just thugs, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, what we won't discuss or put up with one minute more is their bullshit outrage over being called out for their bullshit outrage. Come on, guys. You can't defend yourself by doing what they accused you of in the first place. Anyway, we're not talking about it. Well, much. Yeah, that was a lot of not talking about <laughs> it. Uh, we will not be discussing any supposed letters, notices, or angry emails which have gone viral without accurate sourcing. We don't care what political subject or social issue they touch on. We've been duped by enough fake health scares or phony stories of young boys having gender nonconforming clothing ripped off of them in Walmart. That was fake, by the way. Uh, real really? people, real stories, trusted media outlets only, Eric Shaw Quinn, here at the Dinner Party Show. What media outlets do you trust, Christopher Rice? <laughs> not yours. Uh-huh. We will also not be talking about anything having to do with the Jacksons. Ever again. We're done. We're done. We're just done. We can't take it anymore. We're sorry that being given absolutely everything in the world that you can possibly imagine has been so hard on you. So we will spare you one more minute of our attention. We wish you the best. Now, please. Leave the stage. Yeah, that Andrew Jackson is impossible. We will not be discussing Amanda Bynes now that law enforcement isn't either. Good enough. (laughs) And we have absolutely nothing to say about bloviating junior Texas Senator Ted Cruz's status as a dual citizen. What the fuck are you doing? I couldn't help it. Sorry. As a dual citizen of the U.S. and Canada. We could not care less, but we do wonder if Canada would please take him back now. Really, it would be a huge help. We would totally appreciate it, but we won't discuss it. As for everything else, it's still on the table on tonight's live cast of The Dinner Party Show. The fuck are you doing? <laughs> Tonight's Hollywood provocation will be provided by Sue Ann Ponder, guru to the stars. Oh, boy. Okay, I'll have to call you back if you need me. Uh, I'm Sue Ann Ponder, guru to the stars and author of the mind-bending spiritual bestseller, Energetics, soon to be a major motion picture starring Oprah Winfrey. So here we are. Dinner party. Something means many things to many people. Oh, <laughs> I gotta take that. Barbara. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, American Express. Yes. Uh, listen, baby. I'll call you back. They're giving me the signal. Oh, some show. Yeah, maybe it's a dinner. Who knows? I'm on a cleanse, right? Love you. Later. <clears throat> okay, so, right. Uh, the fact that we're here together creates a positive energy exchange back and forth. Can you feel it? I can. I'm feeling the positive energy of the whole dinner party thing. What? Oh, uh, sure. Dinner party show. Just patch it in the post. Oh, <laughs> hang on a second, doll. Uh, Steven, I've been thinking about you all morning. I sensed it. Yes. 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 
Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Direct deposit. Yes. No. No, I won't, I won't keep you. I know how busy you are. Just keep the energy positive. Remember what we learned in the past life regression Vikram Yoga Sweat Lodge. <laughs> I'm telling you, some of the best king ever, right? I, I really do have to go. Okay. <clears throat> all right. All right. Ready. Uh, ready? <clears throat> and as we call for their highest selves, let us focus on our true purpose, remain positive, and avoid the distraction. Oh, motherfucker. I, I'll be right back. <clears throat> Justin, baby, I've I've been expecting this call all morning. Oh, just a sense, just a feeling about about you, like like an energy thing, right? Freaky, huh? Yeah, me too. Yes, yes, yes. Untraceable diamonds, right? Totally. Yes, yes. I'm a believer. Well, that's all we were able to get, but we have a provocations development meeting scheduled for later next month. And while Sue Ann won't be there, she has a really good feeling about it and said she loved our energy. Welcome back to the dinner I party show. I swear to God, I'm Christopher Rice, and I'm Eric Chalkwin, his partner, and I'm still baffled by him. Okay, like four seconds before we get done, it's wrapping up. Christopher, who's been thumbing through things and putting together outlines all morning, turns to me and goes, okay, so you bring us back when we come back. And I said, okay, so what do you want me to talk about? And he was no, like, no, 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 that's not what you said. You looked baffled. at me with bug eyes, and you were like, what do you mean I'm bringing us back? What am I supposed to talk about? I was like, how about say, hi, I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, one of the co-hosts of the dinner party show. <laughs> <laughs> and because I was talking after that bitch Sue Ann finished, I just thought it would be a good idea for you to bring us back. It's a show term. Bring us back, Eric Shockwin. You were like, what topic am I going to be expected to hold forth on, Christopher? I just wanted to know what you wanted me to start with. Wow. See, this is what I. This is what it's like for me. Welcome to my world. Oh, I love that. I love it's it. It's so brutal here. Christopher's well, so mean. Uh, yeah, I'm so mean when the mics are rolling. But when the mics aren't rolling, guess who's the mean one? Bossing everyone around. This just in. Eric Shaw Quinn is still a bitch. Still a bitch. Don't make him angry, Stars TV or CBS. Film at 11. Eric pushes an old lady at the grocery store. Speaking of being pushed, we once again are doing our What Happened to Jordan Ampersand contest. And I have some guesses. I can't wait to find out because I wasn't there this time. No. It used to be I was always on the inside with this, but now I'm out of the loop. He did a location report last week from the Grove here in sunny L.A. and it ended very <laughs> and it badly. Went great as usual. Um, we uh, Mike Martinez says that Jordan got Pacific rimmed by his drug dealer. Yeah, I think Mark just wanted to say that. Mike, 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 Mike just wanted Mike, to Mike say. Mike just rimmed. stopped listening because you called him Mark. Yeah, Alan sorry about Fogg, that, Mark. who Alan Fogg has a little crush on Jordan Ambersand. He's posted sort of inappropriate things about Jordan previously. Really, I know Jordan will be so upset. He's such a fragile. He is youth. Fragile little 32-year-old youth. Okay, this time he was hit by the snack trolley. It was filled with his worst nightmare, carbs, chips, <gasps> and chocolate bars, and food that he judged me for eating. Oh, that might actually kill Jordan. Regis Harden Jr., my guess is that he got run over by a, wait for it, Transformer. Wow, that was pretty good. It was a movie review, so that would have been perfect, except we didn't have Transformers this summer. Frank Lozier thinks you sent him into orbit. Frank, Eric was actually not on location during that report. But it's a really good suggestion, Frank. I, I'll see what I can do. I'll call Elon Musk and see what I can work out with 
the, SpaceX, the Jordan, or whatever Luke. Elon wants, the, or what you'll just do whatever Elon wants. Whatever you have a crush Elon on wants. Elon. I have such a huge crush on Elon Musk. Ladies and gentlemen, nobody got it right. What actually happened to Jordan Ampersand is that he derailed the trolley at the Grove while he and Natasha were trying to get Fitzpatrick's body up onto the train, and the derailed train dragged his body across the tracks. probably that cheap jewelry. So I'm sorry we don't have a winner this week because you guys didn't really come close, but you'll win something eventually because we want you to keep listening to the show, so we'll just keep giving out. So Eric will come over and like cook for you <laughs> or something. <laughs> And so your prize will be the medical treatment that you receive after I leave. Why do you always pull this? You're actually a decent cook. You have if, like... you, if you have one of the nine yeah. things that I know how to make, I'm actually really good at it. But if we go outside that territory, it can be dicey. It can go okay, but it can also be like, oh, nobody yeah. saw that coming. Absolutely. Well, tonight is our fall movie preview, but we also have a special guest, Karen Oakham, the lovely Karen Oakham, the incredibly intelligent Karen Oakham is back. We're going to talk about a few issues with her, and she'll be in studio with us live. In the meantime, we have a special report from Breck Artery. I guess it's a special report. He's here every week, so I guess it's just a report from Breck Artery. Well, I think Breck is very special, so all of his reports really are special reports. All right. Well, let's see what he has to say this week. We take you to Breck Artery, live from the scene of the wildfire in Beaver Creek, Idaho. Breck? This is Breck Artery, live from Beaver Creek, with some good news that you may have missed. In April of this past year, the federal government began running a surplus of a little more than $115 billion a month. That's right. Despite the ceaseless rhetoric about the out-of-control deficit, the deficit is actually shrinking faster than it has at any time since the end of World War II and is currently running at a surplus. And despite what you may have heard from the anarchist obstructionists who have hijacked the conservative movement in this country and overrun it with their radical anti-America agenda, the deficit has been on the decline almost since President Obama took office and began actually trying to govern. Now that fiscally irresponsible mat-brained politicians aren't being allowed to give away unfunded tax cuts or start unprovoked, unjust, and unpaid-for wars, the government is beginning to recover from this active form of sedition and sabotage from those who daily express their hatred for and desire to drown our great nation. So, what am I doing here in Idaho at the scene of this tragic fire? Well... First, because even less is going on in Washington than usual. The anarchists have taken time off to go home and lie to their constituents about health care reform as they ramp up their case to try and bring a halt to the steady recovery of our economy by shutting down the government altogether and refusing to do their constitutionally mandated duty and pay their own bills. Worse than that, though, firefighters here and throughout the raging inferno that is the western summer fire season are being forced to fight these fires with fewer firefighters, fewer resources, and less equipment because these dangerous anarchists in Congress refuse to do not only the job we elected them to do, but what they keep saying they want to do every time they are within whining distance of a microphone cut spending. Rather than actually growing a pair and risking a single lost campaign contribution from a single special interest group, these greedy, corrupt, and gutless anti-government mouthpieces simply allowed the sequester they themselves created to avoid having to take any responsibility, make any actual policy, or even stand up for what they say they believe in by cutting a single government program, they chose instead to allow sequestration to force mindless 10% across 
across-the-board cuts to all government programs, like fighting fires with $28 million less than last year. There's not less fire, just less money to fight it. And there's less for landing planes safely, conducting tours of the White House, continuing medical research, the results of which could add billions to our economy. With over 18,000 layoffs and pay cuts, there's less for the Head Start program as sequestration forces the end to vital care and education services for more than 57,000 poor and at-risk children. The people who actually have to fight for our independence in the military did not get to celebrate our independence this year as sequestration cuts eliminated money for planned military 4th of July celebrations. The children of those in the military face across-the-board cuts in all but the most basic educational services with nearly $60 million in additional sequestration-mandated budget cuts. Elderly cancer patients are being turned away from chemo treatment due to funding cuts brought about by the sequestration. Boats are stranded on rivers and waterways at unmanned Army Corps of Engineer locks. This cowardly and thoughtless refusal to actually govern has literally taken food out of the mouths of those in need as Meals on Wheels has lost vital funding to continue to provide their life-saving services. We are all at greater risk from natural disaster with cuts to the U.S. Geological Survey and National Weather Service whose early warnings have saved countless lives. Faced with this crisis of their own making, Congress was able to mobilize and act quickly to see to it that they were not unduly delayed as they departed on their vacations from the jobs they refused to do and cooked the books at the FAA enough to keep the planes flying, though only if their destination is to a funded airport. In a move that smacks either of craven political chicanery or complete ignorance, Republican governors have begun calling loudly for President Obama to end sequester force furloughs to military and National Guard forces vital to their woefully underfunded states, even though the president has nothing to do with the budget or sequestration itself, and then, as now, opposes its implementation. In fact, the Congressional Budget Office reports that ending the sequester and its devastating effects on a reported 22% of Americans would cost the government $102 billion over the next two years, or $15 billion less than the surplus we racked up this past April. That's right, it's already paid for. All that's needed is for Congress to act. Sadly, despite the laughter that simply saying that produces, that isn't a punchline. It's the truth. Clearly, Congress is the government program we should stop paying for, as it seems to be on a self-imposed furlough already. This is Breck Artery, live from what's left of Beaver Creek and the United States, no thanks to the U.S. House of Representatives, wishing you good night and good dinner, and congratulations on the return to the budget surplus. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. The Dinner Party Show will be the judge of that. Let's try that again. Welcome back to the dinner party show. And a mean trick from the folks in the booth. It's Friday, Friday, Friday. Friday. God, it's I love actually that song. Sunday, but everybody the dog here. Dog days are over, babe. I'll have to say, Brad Breck Artery is really coming along in voice lessons. That was an excellent vocal performance for people trapped in the middle of a wildfire in I Idaho. I will tell you, he was standing very close to that, that fire. That fire was right on his tail. <laughs> he won't have to have his hair cut this month. No, he will not. All those, yeah, pesky 
split ends are gone, gone, gone. All right, we have six minutes to convince everyone to buy my next novel, to oh pre-order my, my next Just novel. buy it already. So it's I'll wonderful. shut no, up about it. Because oh. it's wonderful. Not so we'll shut up about it, although that's a you know unasked for bonus. It's really a great book. I really enjoyed reading it. The fuck, fuck are you, are you doing? doing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna call it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we still have the pre-order campaign going on, which I talked about last what week. What is that exactly? Well, Eric Shawquin, let me tell you what that is. If you pre-order 600 copies of The Heavens Rise, <laughs> I will come over to your house and, and let you, you a... guys just do whatever. <laughs> I'll just close my eyes and hold my nose and think we can... of England. You guys got 20 minutes. <laughs> if you... <laughs> Yuck! No, no. Uh, you don't need to buy 600 copies of it. You just can buy one copy Though of Though nobody it. would complain if you did. You email a scan or a copy of your e-receipt to theheavensrise at gmail.com. And uh, in November or December, once the book tour has concluded, we will send you a copy of a signed original page from the manuscript. Let me say that over. A copy of a signed page from the original manuscript with author notes included. And I'm going to hand sign every page. Everybody will be getting the same page, but it will be a unique signature on each one. And we will ship that to you at home at the address that you provide when you email. Kiwi Hermit. <laughs> Dear one, two, three. Eleanor Roosevelt. Each will be a very unique signature. Yes. It will all be uniquely Christopher. <laughs> Will all be Christopher Rice in my finishing school cursive. Perfect handwriting. You will not be able to I tell one from the other. He has the most perfect handwriting in the world. So I launched a Facebook page for the book, and I'm doing this. We do have some people who listen to this show internationally live. We actually have live listeners who listen. Who stay up until four o'clock in the morning Absolutely. to listen to our show. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's really sweet. We recently did a contest. And good morning. We recently did a contest with Goodreads, the uh, social media readers website which i now have a presence on by the way and it was a it was a contest for i i think they gave away 20 advanced copies of the book unfortunately people from outside of the u.s were excluded because of laws i don't know what the laws were not laws again i know laws anyway i'm doing my own for readers who are outside of the united states if you go to the facebook page no no i'm because i'm not a site (laughs) or i don't know i don't know they better not arrest me because i have a lot to do in the next we've got some time off so um so the facebook page for the heavens rise which is www.facebook.com slash the heavens rise the post pinned to the top is the entry form for readers outside of the united states so you just leave whatever you want there in as a as a comment on that thread once Multiple comments from the same person will be deleted because we're going to use a random number generator to uh, determine four positions in that thread. And then we will send out four advanced copies internationally. So I think that's all the information I needed to get out. Do you have something cute and funny to say about all that, Eric Shaw Quinn? I'm sorry, could you repeat that? I I was I drifted <sighs> a little I'm bit. Well, we do. We have some programming notes to share with people, and we'll talk about these again right, later in really, the show. Yeah, yeah. We really there's a lot of exciting stuff getting ready to happen here at the dinner party show. Next week there's a big special about your book. Yes, next week we're doing a special episode called Inside the Heavens Rise, and that will feature an interview with my mother talking that's about Anne Rice and me Rice. for once. Anne Rice next week on the dinner party show so that should yeah actually some get some people our... to listen maybe even pay attention I'm told Miss Jonelle Sams has filed an early review of the book that Jonelle she is so thoughtful and also told Jordan Ampersand is filing some sort of review well he's your friend man I didn't ask don't him to read me. it I didn't rope I don't uh, want Jordan I didn't know involved he could in read. promotion I thought he was have in... you heard him read aloud didn't he go to New York I heard something about he wants in New York anyway, maybe he well... won't finish it in time okay good 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 so we're gonna do that and then um, 
In September, we're going to have some major schedule changes. We are going to take a little bit of a break from doing live shows, but we're going to launch a new special feature on the Facebook page every Sunday night at showtime. We will be doing cocktail chatter with you guys. We are going to have Shea Butters take the month off, and he'll have some cleaning up to do around the studio. And Eric and I will be available between the hours of 5 Pacific or 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, which is our regular showtime. And we will chat with you guys directly, and we will reveal something. We will have a lot of YouTube videos. Right, so there'll be lots of interesting new programming stuff happening at the regular time. It just won't be the usual live show. And Christopher and I will be with you for a little cocktail tale. Cocktail tower. Cocktail tower. Cocktail right. We'll be there. Cocktail chatter. Instead of a full dinner, we're, yeah. we'll just have cocktails together. Absolutely. And we'll be fucking wasted by the end of it. But anyway, uh, and then in October, we'll be doing special shows oh, because. We'll be wasted before and it this starts. Is a Don't bit, be ridiculous. This is a bit of an announcement, but, um, and we have one minute left. My mother and I will be going on book tour together. We are actually going wow. to cross North America together. So I will be calling in and filing reports from the road, and Eric will be back here in studio dealing with Shea Butters. Or so he thinks. And so in October, we will have some special things for you here. And uh, those will also be available as So podcasts. the main point is there will be somebody here every Sunday at 5 Pacific, 8, 8 Eastern, Eastern, just like always. It won't be a live broadcast in the in the way that we've been doing it, but there will be something going on on the network and on the Facebook page. So we'll be with you in all of those times. We just won't be doing the regular shows until we come back with a we, very special anniversary exactly. show. And we will be back to our regular format on November 17th. We will be back live for two hours with special guests, and we will, as Eric said, be celebrating our one-year anniversary. We've Woo-hoo! been doing this for a fucking year. I can't believe it. Yeah, that's the that's the theme that we're going Regis with. Harden, doing it for a fucking year. The Re- dinner party Regis show. Regis Harden Jr. would like to know if I'm drunk. What do you think, Eric? Am I drunk? Not yet. No, only if Diet Coke can get you drunk. Yeah, Regis. nobody's allowed to be hammered until after the show's in the can. Excellent. Well, when we come back, we will be joined by our special guest, Miss Karen Oakham, superstar journalist, as Shea Butters has been calling her on the page. Excellent. In the meantime, we've got another damn promo, and then we have a report from Twan, who allegedly has maybe calmed down a bit this week. Oh, come on. Really? It's Twan. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And we're the co-hosts of The Dinner Party Show. Would you like to be one of our party people? That's our affectionate nickname for the folks who interact with us during our live shows using our Facebook fan page. That's right. Shea Butters, our somewhat loyal manservant, is always manning our Facebook page and sending us your questions and comments so we can respond to them live on the air. If you'd like to play along with the rest of us, be sure to like The Dinner Party Show's page on Facebook. On SoundCloud, we post the work of all of our deranged sponsors and special correspondents, and we do so in a format that's easy to share with all of your friends on social media. So, if you like a sketch, head over to SoundCloud and spread it all over your world. You can follow us on Twitter at Dinner Party Show to enjoy favorite quotes from each live cast and breaking Dinner Party Show news. And don't forget about our YouTube channel, where you can enjoy backstage videos and breathless show recaps from your over-caffeinated hosts. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and we're thrilled to have you at our party. The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Soup's on. And now it's time for astrological advice from Twan, Queen of the Stars. Hey, Twan. 
Sean, Queen of the Stars, here with the real dirt on what the constellations are up to and how you can read the signs before they read you. Cut the bullshit, Taurus. Well, the stars have a powerful effect on my life just like they do on yours. Last week was a perfect example of how the heavens can have me as higgledy-piggledy as your next spiritual guide. When the chaos of the universe manifests in day-to-day life and that lunatic Libra breaks down the door to my forecasting studio during my reading, the voice of my own spiritual teacher, Priestess Australia May Brillante, comes to me and I am reminded of my gift and my purpose. It is as if I can hear her very words now. Juan, I think anger management may do you more good than an astrological reading. Hated that woman, and now I have my own astrological radio show, and she's still reading sweaty palms for five dollars an unwashed hand in a dingy little parlor next to a check cashing place in a dirty stucco strip center out off the state highway on the way out of town. Who's starry now, Australia May? With Mercury in Virgo through the 9th of next month, you too will find your keen observation and your heightened communication skills able to inspire and advise those around you with twan-like accuracy. But watch out for perfectionism and telling people more truth than they are ready to hear. Lord knows I know that with great powers comes great responsibility to moderate the gift of wisdom. And when we add Mars in Leo through the middle of October, you may find the wisdom and the drive to change the world or maybe just your little corner of it. Or you might keep it real and do what I did. Change the locks and let Libra figure it out for himself for a change. Whatever you decide to do, keep an eye out for that Leo ego and on that prize and you can't go far wrong. No matter what some crackpot carnival spiritualist says, Till next time, this is Twan reminding you to watch out for the stars. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. And now it's time for The Soup, brought to you by your perpetually victimized gay brother. I will have you know that I am writing a play about all of you. The Dinner Party Show. Keep listening if you've got the stomach for it. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And we welcome Karen Oakham to our studio. Welcome to the studio. Good to have you back. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. You're qualified to talk on a variety of issues, but tonight if uh, any of our followers have been following our tweets and our Facebook status updates, we have a specific issue we want to address, and that is a... Uh, an immigration issue that is affecting a beloved employee or staff member of ours here at the dinner party show. So why don't we why don't we get going with that? Well, immigration is a big issue nationwide. Yeah, and the public really, really, I mean, people, regular people, really do want immigration reform. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the most recent photos, but there's this whole wonderful, touching photo essay of mothers and fathers coming from one side of the fence, mm-hmm. meeting up with the kids on the other side of the fence and and sort of connecting with each other and hugging and kissing through the slats in the fence. I mean, I think that what we have to be, we have to be clear about this. That fence is now our new Berlin Wall. I and mean, people are more committed to that than they are to actually doing anything about reform, right? Well, let's 
it's I don't know who those people are, but I can say that the House Republicans for sure are. Right. There was just a recent caravan of immigration, including LGBT people, and uh, by the way, Equality California sent a whole contingent on this caravan. Yeah, it that, affects everybody. That that left from a number of cities, including Los Angeles, and went up to. Uh, Kevin McCarthy's district, the 23rd Congressional District up in Bakersfield, he is the majority whip and, uh, you know, for the Republican House. And they tried to press him to, you know, at least have some sort of pathway to citizenship. Did they make for any the, sort of progress? For the Dreamers. No. As a matter of fact, he issued a statement saying, you know, well, the Senate has their bill. But we're not taking it up. The House is going to have its own bill, and we're going to go step by step, and we're going to focus this on This is the same House that hasn't passed any bills. The only bills they've passed is, are to repeal Obamacare 40 <laughs> times. And they're still now they're even talking about impeaching Obama oh, uh, based on Obamacare. So well. immigration, we all care about it. If those, there, for those of you out there who would like to help do something that we can do about immigration. The yeah. Dinner Party Show actually has a new program that we want to launch. Our beloved um, partner in this process, Brett Chernin, who actually is literally responsible for us being on the air, is a legal immigrant to this country who has applied legally to have his green card status, you know, ratified or whatever it is. I'm not an immigration expert. And his lawyer made a typo. And he's now being threatened with deportation. So we went to our state senator here on his behalf, uh, Diane Feinstein, to ask for help. And they were very helpful and really lovely and asked us to do an affidavit and some of the other clients that Brett works with. He's been here for years. He's been waiting on this process for seven years. He's applied. He owns a home. He's paid taxes. He's a regular guy, you know, and he's been really, he's a very essential part of the dinner party show. Well, so everything was going right along fine. And then a member of Diane Feinstein's staff man named Daniel Chen. I don't know who he is. We hadn't dealt with him before. I, I know he's not in charge of immigration policy, either in the state of California or in the United States, but he decided that that was it for Diane. So he withdrew Diane's support and really screwed up Brett's process in trying to get this squared away. So we're asking the party people to step in on Brett's behalf mm-hmm. Um Shea Butters will be posting yes. um, not only what we have is about- we have a sample letter that you can use to send to Senator Dianne Feinstein's office, which articulates these points that Eric just went through. And as Eric said, this man was instrumental in bringing the dinner party show to your computer, to your mobile device. We relied on Brett for all of this. And if we lose Brett to this unfair deportation process, it will actually have a bad effect on our show. Right. So even and- if you're not a resident of California, but just a fan of the dinner party show, write to Diane because I don't think, frankly, she knows that this is happening. And and all we're asking her to do is to give her support back and to overrule, overrule Daniel, who works for her. So I assume Absolutely. she can do that pretty easily. Absolutely. So that's it. That information should be going up on our Facebook page right now from Shea Butters. We're going to take a short break here, and then we'll be back here with Karen Oakham to talk a little bit more about this issue and some other issues, including Russia. Help us save Brad. <laughs> Are you tired of all those other drivers. Hey, buddy, move it along, would ya? Are other people's needs and schedules holding you back from driving as fast as you feel like you should be able to? Move it or lose it, little girl. What do you think this is, a playground? Yes! Well, we invite you to join us at the school where everyone in Los Angeles learns to drive. The Personal Entitlement School of Driving. 
Yeah, fuck you too. Learn how to get the most out of your road rage. Negotiate your way through crowded city streets at top speed while texting and talking on the phone at the same time. Learn to use your car like the deadly weapon it really is. Develop or just perfect your ability to inflict your hostility and sense of entitlement on other drivers without showing the slightest consideration for others or taking any responsibility for anything at all, ever. After just six weeks in our intensive entitlement program, you'll be driving just like a native of Los Angeles. Who knew you could drive your car with a horn? The Entitlement School of Driving, because yes, Everyone else really is an asshole, just like you. And now it's time for Eric's rash pronouncement of the week. I think Christianity is holding the Catholic Church back from achieving their true goals. This has been Eric's Rash Pronouncement of the Week. <laughs> Welcome back to the Rash Pronouncement Show. I'm Christopher Wright. And I'm Rash Eric Shaw Quinn. <laughs> and we are joined by Karen Oakham. Uh, who's here? To, we want to talk a little bit more about the issue we were discussing in the previous segment and immigration in general, particularly here in the state of California, but also as it affects one of our beloved employees, Brett right, Chernin. Right. I'm told that all the information our party people need to support this effort is up on our Facebook page now. And if they have any other questions, they can post them there on the page and we will address them over the next few days. So send her an email, send her a snail mail. Just let Diane know that we need her help. Well, you know, this is actually a very important story because we have so focused on immigration, comprehensive immigration reform and what's happening with that politically in the Senate. And, right, you know, the Senate right. gang of six had this comprehensive bill and then took the LGBT portion out of it. That's right. Right. But... You know, nothing is going to happen with immigration reform until we change or until the House of Representatives, uh, you know, becomes a little bit more moderate, shall we say. But the reason this is important is because we've so focused on binational couples, as we should. We've so focused on the dreamers, as right. we should. But what Brett's case represents is that individual story that nobody hears about at all. This right. David, David Brett is a legal immigrant. He has done everything by the book. But it's very David and Goliath. Absolutely. And the yes. Goliath is, is the government. I mean, what a lot of people don't know is that under President Obama, there have been more deportations than ever in history. Uh, so, and some of those deportations are probably because the wrong box was checked and, and there's really all this some was. sort of fellow who feels like he's the palace guard and has mm -hmm. all this, uh, you know, big, strong, you know, this is my power center right. and says no and you got to go. 
when in in fact the person who's seeking uh, a green card or just fairness is up against this and has no place to go. So and so for- the only place you can go is the senator's office. And when somebody on his staff appoints himself as the arbiter of this, it it just blew me away. Well, Basically and th- called that's, us liars. That's why what you're doing, and you might actually even think about uh, getting in touch with Change.org and put up a petition there. Because the thing is, is that, you know, Feinstein's office is going to concentrate on agribusiness, you know, right, sure. agricultural issues in order to get work permits, et cetera, et cetera. For, and those are very important. And they, and they are, but for business interests. But what about these individual people who, who don't have the dinner party backing them up? What mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. this incredible issue of, of unfairness and injustice? So your grassroots support through the dinner party, I think, is incredibly important mm-hmm. to raise this David and Goliath issue. To get the issue, issue absolutely. back out there. Yeah. yeah, and we appreciate you taking a, a stand on it as well. Well, I'll be uh, – yeah, I'm certainly going to be covering this. I, I mentioned just briefly I talked to uh, Representative Mark Takano, who is the openly gay uh, representative out of Riverside that I was going to be – taking up an immigration story and might uh, call him for comment. And, you know, Representative Adam Schiff represents um, Hollywood and West Hollywood. And so and I'm sure that he's and he's very smart and very concerned about these issues. And he's, uh, you know, he's on the Intelligence Committee. So he probably is sort of the House counterpart to Feinstein anyway. So maybe he can uh, take this issue and look at it from a different perspective. But I, I do think that it's an issue well worth reporting. So good for you guys for sticking up for Brett. Absolutely. Brett is an important part of this, uh, you know, small California business. We're trying to make it here and you can't be snatching people yeah. away, particularly people who are doing all of the right things. That's the part that just really kicks me in the head with the whole Brett thing is he's done everything by the book. Yeah. Yeah. So, and his lawyer is the one who made a typo. That's really all it is. Brett just signed a form that his lawyer gave him. He didn't even know what was on it. Right. I mean, you know, in general, he did, but not in specific. Well, I think, and and you know, actually, this is a curious segue to Russia. But you know, I think we're getting sick and tired of being sick and tired here. Mm-hmm. You know, sick and tired of just shrugging our shoulders right. and saying, "Well, okay, so it's unfair, it's unjust. Right. What can we do about it?" Yeah, the right. overwhelming well, aspect of government. It but just seems like, in, how can we change these huge forces? The out internet what, what, is how we can change. Well, the power of the internet, when we harness it correctly, is how we can affect change against big institutions. Look at Egypt. I know it's a practically a cliched example by now, but that's what happened. The power of the internet overcame those ancient structures there. Right. You know? well, the and to some degree, spring. even with President Obama, the yeah, internet came absolutely. into play. It activating right, a whole new group of people. That's absolutely. what's happening with Russia, too. Exactly. That's, you and know, we'll talk the, about Russia when yeah, we come back, but we yeah. Got a report from Miss Jonelle Sams and Miss Karen Oakham will be staying on with us for another lively segment here at the Dinner Party Show. It's time once again for the Dinner Party Show's homemade relationship advice with Jonelle Sams. Hi, this is Jonelle Sams with Homemade Relationship Advice. If you have a question, you can send it to me, care of the Dinner Party Show's Facebook fan page, or at Jonelle at thedinnerpartyshow.com. Well, it has been business as unusual around here lately. Ever since we did my special, Live from Poison Creek, 
over at Poison Creek Mall, we have had ourselves a time. My husband of 23 blissful years has found himself with a new brother and the woman who has imagined herself my rival for Merle's affections for over 30 years is now my stepmother-in-law or something. I don't mind telling you, Sunday dinner was a whole new experience. Which brings me to the topic of blended families. Many people are not as lucky as I have been to find my soulmate, settle down, and stay that way. Why, I never even dated anyone other than Merle. Single mothers like Lupe, my new stepmother-in-law, families of divorce, and those that remarry. Lupe, I am not answering that phone, so you might just as well hang up. Good. The look of the modern family is changing, and so too, relationships must change to meet these new challenges. Until recently, my own relationship has been very old-fashioned and traditional, but I too am having to find a way to accept these recent developments for the sake of that relationship. My dear friend Willie Jean was married to her husband Francis for many years. He was and still is a close friend of Merle and his best friend Olson. Those three are always up to something. John Brownit, Lupe, stop ringing that blasted doorbell. I am in the middle of the show and I am not coming to answer it. Thank you. Anyhow, Willie Jean's husband, Francis, just up and moved out on her one day. He moved in with a young man he barely knew who'd come to work on a cattle ranch out near Dry Prong. Well, of course, Willie Jean was very broken up, but over time she was able to put her life back together, so much so that when Luella Tidewell up and died right in the middle of her stirring solo rendition of his I is on the Sparrow at a particularly hot July service down to Mega Baptist Church. What in the world? A brick through my window? Really, Lupe? And look, there's a note attached to it. Let's see now. Dear Yonel, you, oh, that's nice. Really, really nice, Lupe. I am not reading that one. I'm going to get Merle to make Lupito come over here and replace all this glass. Good. <sighs> so, Willie Jean took a casserole over to comfort Luella's grieving husband, Humphrey. Well, romance bloomed at first, but Humphrey's teenage daughter, Candy Sue, was no picnic fan, and she's still no walk in the park all these years later. Anyways, Candy Sue took the attitude that Willie Jean was just trying to trap her father into marrying her after her husband left her. You know, he still lives with that cowboy. Anyways, the point is that for the sake of her relationship with Humphrey, Willie Jean had to find a way to have a relationship with Humphrey's daughter, Candy Sue... Get away from my Crown Victoria, Lupe! Ugh. Oh, Lord, give me strength. I swear to God, Lupe, if you started a fire, for real, I will come down to the mall and shoot out all the tires on that little golf cart of yours. <sighs> well, I wonder how on earth she did that. Anyway, Willie Jean found more civil means to building a relationship with Candy than threatening to shoot out her tires. But the point is, you do what you have to do for the sake of your relationship. And today, Candy Sue is a great comfort to Willie Jean ever since Humphrey ran off on the rodeo circuit with Willie Jean's ex, Francis, and that cowboy. She can really pick him. 
Not everyone is as lucky as me, and it makes me grateful every time I lay eyes on that woman because I know in my heart that through Lupe's example of what might have been, it makes Merle ever more thankful for the life he chose. Till next time, I'm Jonelle Sams with Homemade Relationship Advice. If you have relationship questions, write to Jonelle Care of The Dinner Party Show Facebook page or to Jonelle at thedinnerpartyshow.com. Hello, Lupe. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know why you listen to the show. If you feel that way, I can't help that. I, and Lupe, my pistol is loaded, so you put my lights back on or you can kiss that little golf cart goodbye. The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. The dish is served. For all the terrible films Hollywood puts out every year, there are literally hundreds of thousands of awful movie ideas Hollywood executives don't buy. In order to protect their legacy, some of the film industry's top producers have provided us with secret recordings of some of the worst pitch meetings they've ever been forced to sit through. That's why we call this series World's Worst Pitch Meeting. Here's another installment. Christopher Rice, it's a pleasure to meet you. Hi, hi. It's good to be here. Wow, this is a nice office. I try. Have a seat. I hope it doesn't bother you if I tell you up front that I'm a huge fan of your mother's. Oh, well, it doesn't bother me at all. Are you kidding? Hey, like I tell everyone, if I didn't want people asking me about it, I would have kept it a secret, but... I didn't, so here we are. But listen, <laughs> I hope it doesn't bother you if I say up front that what I'm here today to pitch you is is not really like anything in my mother's world. Oh, of course not. Of course. You're your own person. Uh, I mean, I don't know how much my agent told you about this uh-huh. whole concept, but it's sort of like... You have a, an agent? Yeah. Didn't he set up this meeting? No, no. I, uh, I had my assistant email you directly because I saw your shirtless photo on Facebook. Oh, okay. That's a recent photo, right? Yeah, yeah. why do you ask? Oh, because I was listening to your show the other night and your co-host said the photo was a couple of years old. And Yeah, I my co-host actually has a degenerative brain disease that makes him say stupid crap sometimes. Oh. So yeah, don't listen to anything he says until after my new book comes out. Pre-order Christopher's new book, The Heavens Rise, and email your receipt to theheavensrise at gmail.com, and you'll receive a signed copy of a page from the original manuscript with author notes. Okay, I said it now. Untie me. Okay, so let's hear your idea. Okay, well, as I said, this is a far cry from the world my mother created, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to diminish her contribution to the genre. Oh, well, she completely remade the genre. She made vampires sexy and complex and profound. Yeah, 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 I know. Uh, but here's my pitch, okay? Why, um, why don't I start with the title? I'm ready when you are. Okay. The Vampire? Uh-huh. Larry. The Vampire Larry. Uh Uh-huh. So the setup is this. There's a world-famous gothic novelist who lives in a very unique and European city like... Uh, New Orleans? I was actually going to say Calabasas. Calabasas. Yeah, a lot of the homes are very Mediterranean out there. Okay, so there's a world-famous gothic novelist who lives in... Calabasas. Mm-hmm. And she's known for having revolutionized the vampire genre. Okay, so a far cry from 
anything having to do with your mother. Just wait for it, okay? So one okay. day, her son, who is really hot. And shirtless, I hope. Always. I, I mean, <laughs> um, he's the writer, so what else would he be? Uh, anyway, so someone buzzes the front gate, and uh-huh. it's just this average-looking guy. You know, uh-huh. he could be the plumber or the gardener or whatever. So the really hot, shirtless son of the famous writer lets the guy in, and he asks to see his mother. And that's when he realizes the guy's a little off. Like, uh-huh. he's got white makeup on, like the Twilight vampire. So the plumber is Larry. The vampire. Aha, uh-huh, you're one step ahead of me. Uh-huh. Yes. And he's trying to get the hot son to invite him into the house because, see, if you invite a vampire into your house, you're rendered powerless. I thought your mom did away with all that old school stuff. Well, that's just the problem, you see. And that's why the vampire Larry is so pissed. Uh-huh. Because, see, for years, mom has been giving everyone this false expectation of what vampires are really like. And the truth is, they're all like Stephen King white trash vampires. But mom's been going around telling everyone that they're so fancy that now vampires like Larry are expected to buy all these expensive clothes and know about classical music and art and actually remember the 600 years worth of bullshit that's happened to them. The vampire Larry has had enough. So, what does he want your mom to do? He wants her to write the real story of what vampires are like or else he's going to kill me. Shirtless. Well, why doesn't the vampire Larry just go thank Charlene Harris instead of terrorizing Anne Rice? Because thanks to Charlene Harris, vampires all have to be hot and have enormous penises. And maybe that could be the sequel. Oh, does Charlene Harris have a shirtless son? I'll be sure to ask. She actually gave a very nice blurb to my new book, The Heavens Rise. The Heavens Rise? Oh, bullshit. I'm not doing this again without drugs. Give me drugs. Oh, if Charlene Harris is younger than your mother, then if she had a son, he would be about the age of... I'm not here to talk about Charlene Harris. No, of course not. You're here to pitch an idea that has nothing to do with your mother, Anne Rice. It sort of rapes and pillages the world she spent years creating and all in service of a trite, cliched premise that will result in little more than your character being shirtless a lot. All right. Well, if it's not your cup of tea, I'll be on my way. (laughs) Are you kidding? Sit down. I love it. Let's do this. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. And now it's time for The Dish, Brought to you by your mother, Mistress of Guilt. (sighs) That's okay. Go ahead and step on my foot. Why would I need to walk anywhere? I haven't been anyplace nice in years. The Dinner Party Show. Keep listening if you've got the stomach for it. Welcome back to the Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And we continue to be in the studio with the lovely Miss Karen Oakham. Lovely. Oh, my. Lovely. Yes, she wore a dinner jacket tonight. I did. We're all in dinner jackets around the table. Well, Very we're having here. fun, and I wish actually that people could hear what we talk about during, during the, breaks. the breaks. Well, sometimes they do. Sometimes we uh, video that. Oh, yeah. Nick yeah, that's is here what the YouTube is for, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's a real dinner party. I Absolutely. mean, we have these, you know. Yeah, the conversation doesn't stop just because we've, you know, because something else is playing on the radio yeah, right yeah. this minute. Yeah, yeah. it keeps going. Well, another... as a matter of fact, we were talking about Wentworth Miller and, you oh, know, his. Oh, my God. Com- I thought he was out, though. You well, know, I mean, everybody, whole... it has been a 
an open secret for years, but I, I will just say this about that. When Wentworth well, wait Miller, a second. Set up. Okay. You know, Wentworth what, Miller what was supposed to participate in a film festival in Russia, and he wrote a letter saying that as a gay man, he would not be participating, which I think is great and laudable. And, and this I is in Russia. No. Right. In Russia. Right. So he's he's standing up for, you know, the way that gay people are being treated in Russia. But I think Wentworth might want to bring a little of that closer to home. He When he first got his show... What was it called? Prison, Prison break. break. He yes. was dating a friend of mine, and he basically just threw him away. Just said, "Yeah, I'm going to be a big star. Go away. Nobody can know that I'm gay. Whatever." He denied that he was gay to the press when he was asked, even though there were photographs of him dating Luke McFarlane subsequently. Like he's been pretty ugly to gay people here at home, so he might want to actually try being nice to gay people that he does know. I mean, I think I I approve of his support of gay people in Russia, but I'd like some of his support here, you know, in Hollywood. Well, people are using him now and his supposed coming out, you know, to really illustrate what's going on in Russia now. And I think that that's a really interesting point because there are people – Russia makes a lot, a lot, a lot of money off of American entertainment. I mean, billions of dollars just on the film, films alone. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, I mean, you have people like Elton John who's going to go uh, and perform in Russia wow, in December. Wow, going to give them some hell. Well, and it's kind of interesting because it gets into, you know, should people boycott, like, you know, the uh, whole apartheid situation in South Africa, or should people like Elton John right. go and have a concert now it's it may actually be dangerous for those concert goers let me so bring you let me bring you this quote which i believe either was released today or earlier in the week this is from jeremy abbott who's a u.s figure skater who is who will be competing in the winter olympics uh. and i'm quoting jeremy now russia is hosting us i'm not going to go into somebody's house and be like um the way you decorate is hideous and you need to completely redo this or i'm never coming back it's a little rude. So I don't want to say bad things about a country that's hosting the world, essentially. Maybe I don't agree with their policies, and maybe I don't agree with some things. But that's for them to sort out. My speaking out just makes me look like an ass. Yeah. So if you were Ladies, going to gentlemen, house that was abusing their children, would you just let them beat their children while you went on casually eating I, I, dinner? I just hate this argument. This argument is only deployed against groups of people you don't care about. It really is. Like we I don't, only decide that I would prejudice like say, is acceptable we, when we don't intrinsically care about the group of people being discriminated we against. absolutely do not want to boycott the Olympics because it right. only hurts the athletes. I don't think we should, and I think Johnny Weir is right. You go, you compete, ha- you get a arrested if you get arrested, but you stand up for what you believe in and you compete for what you believe right. in. But this kind of attitude, I would we don't never, offend the Russians, I do, even the IOC is taking this. Isn't that right? The, well, I mean, you know, it's interesting to contrast what he just said with what uh, Senator Barbara Boxer, mm-hmm. you know, just sent a, a letter to Vladimir Putin and said, I cannot stay silent mm-hmm. in the face of what's right. happening in this propaganda law. I mean, 
So you have Barbara Boxer on one hand and this skater on another. I mean, I sort of side with Senator Barbara Boxer. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> silence bit. does you know, equals death. The, the, the here's the statement that I would have liked to have seen out of this guy. I, and the, he may not feel this way, so it may not be appropriate. But I don't like what they're doing. I don't agree with it. But by God, I have been training for this my entire life, and I want a shot at winning. And we That I understand. That. And I submit to you, I don't think there's enough momentum against a boycott to necessitate this kind of comment. All the all the really organized uh, movement I've seen has been behind the idea of moving them to another city. George Takai's petition. And he said, yeah. absolutely yeah. no boycott. Even he says it. Then right. Nobody is saying that we want a boycott because we did it before with Russia. <laughs> Learn your lesson, yeah. IOC. And, uh, and it only hurt the athletes. Well, the latest thing that's happening that people should know about is that Vladimir Putin just announced what he's calling a putting a forbidden zone. This is unbelievable. Around the city of Sochi, as well as the Olympic Resort, from January 7th to March 21st. And, and why is that? Well, it means that the police and, and military is going to encircle the city because... An Islamic terrorist named Doku. Oh my God! <laughs> yep, Doku Yumorov, I think is how you pronounce That's his close name. Enough. He's not he, listening to this show. He has called. Are you ready? <laughs> he has called for maximum force to halt the Olympics. The deal is, is <sighs> that where this is happening in the northern Caucasus in those republics, they've been fighting for independence. Mm. This is the whole Chechen thing. Right. So there have been suicide he's bombers. He's not angry about the anti-gay laws. And he has no, another reason. No, this is because this there may Russia be terrorist attacks. Disaster. So this leads us to the question of how much was the IOC paid to have the Olympics in Russia And can we year? have a resolution not to have any more Olympics in Russia. <laughs> anyway, like, enough already. Karen Oakham, thank you so much for oh, being here with us so this much evening. We had so much to chew talk about. Over we can, and... We'll have you back, I'm sure, and we'll talk about all sorts of stuff. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to take a short break for a word from one of our sponsors, and we want to thank, thank you, you for being with us. Thank you, Karen. I, I it's always great it. to have thank you at you. the table. I'm going to follow up on Brett's story. Excellent. Thank you. I appreciate Excellent. it. In a world no one paid that much attention to the first time, from source material that has a devoted but limited fan base on the internet comes a second unexpected journey. And by unexpected, we mean no one was really waiting for it. It's Ill-Advised Sequel. Hey, I was a big star ten years ago. Look, I've gone back to the gym. I'm sort of on a WB show every now and then. It's called The CW now. It is? Gosh, it's been a while. We'd call it a vanity project, but really the producer was bullied into making another installment by rabid fans who kept flooding his office with black faxes and emailing him computer viruses. If the fans had been as good at marketing this film as they were at harassing the studio into making it, it would probably be tracking better right now. But it isn't, because it's ill-advised sequel. Is it based on a comic book? I can't remember. I think it was a video game. I don't think they had video games back then. Jesus Christ, we're not that old. Do they know you're gay yet? Shut up! 
This fall, scratch your heads as you watch the trailer, wondering where it was you were in your life when you saw the first one. Or if it was on TV at a party where everyone was talking. Or if you saw it on a date with that douchebag you ended up blocking on Facebook. Or if there even was Facebook back then. It's Ill-Advised Sequel. Starring, oh, him. Welcome back to the Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. Uh, yeah, they know. Um, so oh, that's nice. <laughs> Regis Hardin Jr. has very kindly already taken action on our in our movement to support our employee Brett Chernin during his immigration troubles. And this is the response he received from Senator Dianne Feinstein's office. Thank you for sending me your electronic mail message. I appreciate your taking the time to share your thoughts with me. Because of the volume of email that is received by my office, we can only respond to email that includes a California postal address, and I will respond to you as soon as possible. So, Well, I think it's, you know, we're not looking for a response to the people that are sending. We're looking to a response to Brett. And I think that as long as they're getting a sense of the volume of yeah. people coming to Brett's support, I, I think that's the point. Yeah, yeah. You get 300 or 400 emails all saying, could you look after this guy? I like this show and we don't want him sent home because he's helping out right here. Absolutely. I think that's the point. So, yeah, I wouldn't be daunted by that. I think that you did what you needed to do and they they still got it, whether you get a response or not. Absolutely. I don't think he wants to talk to her. And thank you, Regis. We appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Thanks to everyone else who is writing or who is making plans to write. Don't be discouraged. Absolutely. So, uh, Eric came across a different story this week. The Man Black History Erased. Yeah, it's the big anniversary this week. It's the 50th anniversary of the Big March and the I Have a Dream speech, which is really sort of, you know, an amazing watershed moment in our history. And it's a perfect example of something we have been talking about a lot on the show recently in light of popular culture and that sort of thing, but the erasing of gay people from our history. The person who organized the march, who manned the office, whose idea it was, who mentored um, Martin Luther King in the uh, the art of uh, nonviolent civil disobedient protest and he was, was in prison for challenging racial segregation in the south before the phrase freedom rider was ever said That's he, a quote from the op-ed literally by like, granderson helped invent the movement and was the person the point guy who put together the march on washington and this whole event that we're celebrating this week and he was gay and his name was Baynard Rustin or ba- Bayard. Bayard Rustin. Bayard Rustin. B A Y A R D, if you want to Google him. And he's going to receive the Congressional Medal of Freedom or whatever the highest civilian, I think it's this this That's November wonderful. from the from the president, albeit posthumously. But like, wow, not one word about him in the history book. So we're as we celebrate this week, this amazing 50th anniversary, I want us to celebrate, you know, Bayard. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. There's some really amazing articles out there. Go and find out about this guy. He was he made a huge contribution, and but because he was gay, nobody wanted to talk about it. In fact, they were even sort of dismissive. Even um, uh, Strom Thurmond brought him up on the House of the yeah. So that's Thurmond you know, called him a communist and a draft dodger long before being hated by Strom because Thurmond he was, was a flattering. Quaker. Uh, He brought up a previous arrest and accused him of being immoral and a pervert. And the reason he was able to do this is because of J. Edgar Hoover's wiretapping of the King movement. Uh, They overheard Clarence Jones, King's lawyer and close friend, said in a recording of a phone conversation, I hope Bayard doesn't take a drink before the march. And Martin Luther King 
replied, yes, and grab one little brother because he will grab one when he has a drink. So they were aware of his sexuality and acknowledged it, however... Yeah, I, I mean, there know, were people personally. in the movement who didn't want him to um, to wanted him to step down as the organizer of the march because they didn't want to have to defend his uh, sexuality. It was a fascinating op-ed that you found. The, the author's name was Elsie Granderson because ultimately his position was that the enemy of all of us is bigotry. Right. It is the refusal to accept a group of people who is different than you. And he basically, he is a, a black man writing for CNN's website. He lays out how the black movement refused to accept Bayard. And that was largely responsible for his scrubbing from the history of the movement itself. So, I, you know, it was an, an interesting provocative piece. I don't think we want to bring everybody the, down yeah, the, on the anniversary of the, the march. The point that he made that I thought was really, I thought that the uplifting point of the piece is that we can't discriminate against a group of people and expect discrimination against us to go away. If we want to do something about discrimination against racial discrimination or whatever kind of religious or whatever, we're going to have to check our own discrimination at the door and move away from originating from those kinds of positions. So anyway, so here's here, you know, hats off to Bayard and to the whole and to to Bayard Rustin and and to the civil rights movement. Happy 50th anniversary. Uh, Congratulations to all those who have gathered in Washington, D.C. this weekend to commemorate the anniversary. I believe the Melissa Harris Perry show was from the steps of the of the Lincoln Memorial or on the mall. Yeah, And the president on the actual date on Wednesday will be making a speech from those steps. God, I know that's definitely the realization of at least a little part of the dream. I should big part, actually. Martin Luther King Jr. said a black president within 40 years of his lifetime. That was the interview that he gave before he was killed. I believe we will see a black president in 40 years. So I'm not a math student. I'll go home later and calculate. But I think it was less. Absolutely. So uh, something in the show notes about Jordan Ampersand in New York. Do you have any? Do you know anything about this? You know, New York didn't blow up and wasn't attacked. Uh, so I figure, Lord. you know, that's the best we can hope for. Good Lord. Here we go. Here's another report from Mr. Jordan Ampersand. This week, Jordan Ampersand, our critic at large, traveled to New York City, which shocked all of us because we didn't think he could find his way to the airport here in L.A. Unfortunately, we only agreed to air this particular report because we thought he'd never be able to actually finish making it. Well, he did. And so here we are. Here again is the latest attempt from Jordan Ampersand to prove that L.A. is a superior city to New York. Spoiler alert, he fails. Excuse me, but I think you'll be very impressed. The production quality is very high. No one's ever impressed when you get high, Jordan. Roll tape. New York. It's the city that never sleeps because it's so neurotic and Jewish. Hey, that's anti-Semitic. Take a nap. Also, it has more opinions than it does rats. Today, I brought my best friend Fitzpatrick on a special trip financed by Christopher's credit card and some nude selfies I sent to a guy at American Express. Fitzpatrick has cut back on his late afternoon crystal meth, and that means one thing. I want to live here. It's the center of everything. Yeah, it's the center of loud noise and urine smell. So today, I'm taking Fitzpatrick on a tour of the real New York so he can see that the city is not what it appears to be in the Instagram accounts of hot Israeli club promoters. Come on, let's go. 
There are rats everywhere. Has no one ever told you about New York City's rodent problem? We're in the sewer. Why did you make me go in the sewer? If you can't handle what's under a city, you won't be able to handle what's above it. What? That's crazy. L.A. is built on top of glamour and dreams. Dry fault lines and dry oil wells. Now you're being racist. No, I'm not. Hey, what are you kids doing down here? Ooh, that sewer worker is hot. (laughs) He's not a sewer worker. One more reason to hate New York. Run! Look, everyone here is dead. That's because it's a morgue. Yeah, but look how full it is. traffic here is relentless. Especially when you're handcuffed to a utility truck parked in the middle of 7th Avenue. Give me that key! See? Broadway shows are so overrated. This is a porn theater, Jordan. Yeah, but it's the last porn theater on Broadway. Is that you? We need to go right now. Multiculturalism isn't all it's cracked up to be. Look what these men are doing to these ducks. I'm sure the kitchens of Chinese restaurants in L.A. are just as gross, Jordan. I'm sure the kitchens of any restaurant are kind of gross. No, grease traps in New York are so much worse. Look right here. This is the worst trip ever. That's the idea. Come on. See? Multiculturalism, not so good. Look, terrorists. These guys are really hot. This was a terrible idea. Let's go. Hey, small guy. We're trying to pray. Go back to L.A. That's so racist. How do you know we're from L.A.? Because you talk like a cartoon and you have glitter in your eyebrows. My eyebrows? What did we do last night? Hey, who's your friend? I'm Fitzpatrick and I love multicultural. Just because you blow a Mexican every other week doesn't make you multicultural. Come on, we're leaving. How many Mexicans? Well, there you have it, folks. New York, as always, is a horrible place full of rats, Chinese men massacring ducks, and terrorists who want blowjobs from pill poppers. Can we go home now? This has been horrible. Absolutely. No, it wasn't. It was racist, xenophobic, shallow, and reckless. Did you actually handcuff Fitzpatrick to a utility truck in the middle of 7th Avenue? Whatever. Fitzpatrick's been handcuffed to everything. Was the entire point of the ridiculous report just to convince Fitzpatrick not to move to New York? Yes. Well, it didn't work, darling. He moved there yesterday. You're lying. No, I'm not actually. Here, he left you a note. Dear Jordan, rats or no rats, hot Muslims or no hot Muslims, I know where my heart wants to be now that it's not going 600 beats per minute. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Love, Fitzpatrick. No. I'm sorry, Jordan. This can't happen. This is, this is not, this, this can't happen. I'm afraid it has. Well... I am going to get him back. I'm going to New York. Why? Because he's my friend. Well, it might be time to reevaluate your definition of the word friend. What is that supposed to be?
supposed to mean? It means friends don't bring friends drugs when they're in rehab just to get them kicked out so they can party with you again. Party? We don't party. It's not 2006. Ugh, fine. What do you call it then? We get wasties. Oh, for God's sake. Whatever. The point is, maybe it's time for you to let Fitzpatrick go. No, I don't let anything go. Letting things go is for old people who are too fat to fight for what they want. I am going to New York, and I'm going to get my best friend back, and I won't be on this show again until I do. So you'll just have to make do without me for a while. Oh, promise? Goodbye, Eric Shaw Quinn, and goodbye, dinner party show people. I have a job to do in the name of friendship, loyalty, and going 50-50 on bar tabs unless one of you hooks up with someone hot, and then you're like, fuck it, you pay since I didn't get any. Okay, whatever. The point is, I will see you when I have my best friend back. Damn it. I should have told him Fitzpatrick moved to China. It's up to you, New York. Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and we're the hosts of The Dinner Party Show. Our show is free across a variety of platforms. To listen live every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, head to thedinnerpartyshow.com and click on the black radio icon at the top left corner of the screen. And when we're not doing a live show, our player streams several of our most recent episodes for your continuous enjoyment. A podcast of The Complete Show posts to iTunes and the show archive on our website, The Day after the show debuts. So don't forget to subscribe and leave a good review if you like what you hear. For faster, easier downloading, we now include the entire show in a single podcast. Just look for our mono version on iTunes and in our show archive. But for those who would like to enjoy the best sound quality, we still post our show in four segments, all in stereo. Subscribers should click the iTunes setting Get All Episodes to make sure all versions of the show are downloading automatically. If you're already subscribed and happy with your downloads, you don't need to change a thing. You don't have to be stuck in front of your computer to enjoy our live shows or our stream. We have mobile apps available for both Android and Apple devices that allow you to open our player anywhere you are in the world. In other words, you just can't get away from us. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And we've taken away all your excuses not to listen to The Dinner Party Show. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. And now it's time for dessert. Brought to you by your sister's new husband who's had way too much wine. I mean, everybody's cheated at least once, right? I, I, I mean, am I right? The Dinner Party Show. Keep listening if you've got the stomach for it. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. I think our show could use some more promos. What do you think, I Eric think Shaw Quinn? I think absolutely. Let's record some now. Let's promo places we're going to go for errands next week. No, I'll tell you what I want to do. This is, it's time to talk about everybody's favorite thing. Donuts? Well, okay, everybody's second favorite thing. Waffles? All right, now look, Christopher. You know what goes good with uh, pancakes? The movies? No, which I learned today at brunch. Waffles. 
Did you like have the pan yeah. the waffles wrapped in pancakes? I did. I had I had no, no, not wrapped. I did, did stop trying to mislead me on the show. We're live, Eric Shaw Quinn. I had pancakes and I'm waffles sorry. together. So I'm the one being ridiculous. <laughs> you had pancakes and waffles. On the same plate, and I'm being silly. I didn't have them on the same plate. I had them on two different plates, which came at the same time. And then he wore them on his head. No, then I went home, and for, with all the sugar, I wore various things like the cats on my yeah, head. Bad. That's probably why the cats threw up. It was a sympathetic barfing. It was <laughs> sympathetic. My cats don't even wake up for this damn show. I tweeted a picture <laughs> earlier of Cotton <laughs> face planting on the carpet. And it actually was on a bench seat in my apartment because that's an important detail. And uh, I said, I don't think Cotton's going to be awake for the dinner party show. If you want Cotton to pay attention to the dinner party show, tape a can of tuna. To it. Oh, yeah, and, that's, a, that's a great story. And Cotton will pay strict attention. Should I tell that story, or are you just dying to talk about the movies? I think that's what we've been pitching all week. Well, I know we've been pitching it all week, and everybody on the page, you all saw The Conjuring and want to talk about it, and we haven't seen The Conjuring. What movie did you love best this summer, Christopher I Rice? I really, really loved Pacific Rim. It was really I, stupid. I know you thought it was I stupid. I loved it, but I loved it. It was stupid it was in a good way. Stupid like, and we're going to build giant, technically sophisticated robots, and we're going to go out into the ocean and punch these fish in the face. <laughs> They're sea monsters, I just not fish. think that's They're really... not fish. They came from another dimension through a rift. And so they're not fish. They're actual sort of aliens from here. And see? I think you should correct me because I think that's <laughs> the issue. They're called Kaji or Koji. Koji. Brandon, what were they called? To say it in my. Kaiju, says Brandon Griffith. Sashimi. Sashimi. <laughs> California roll. All right, let's not get racist. Yeah. I My favorite was, of well,. I, you know, the movies I most wanted to see this summer, I didn't get to. I wanted to see The Lone Ranger, and literally it was gone from the theater the next week. It was such a bomb. Uh, yeah, I know. I hear and everyone who made it was was murdered in a public execution like a week after it came out. And R I that was what that was the subject of The Conjuring. And right. then R.I.P.D. I wanted to see, and that was gone in a flash, and everybody hated that. So, But the movie I did love, I loved Star Trek, and I really loved Superman this summer. Those were my big sort of fun. And why did you love Love Superman, Eric Sharp. Well, a because they because to be fair, because Henry Cavill. Ah, uh, thank you. Or Henry Cavill. I have to learn to say it right. Henry Cavill is going to marry me. Jordan Amberson said it's actually called Henry Cavs. Yeah, I know. Jordan Amberson can't talk the at Hamper, all. Hamper Doesn't Sand. speak English. Hampersand. Hampersand. That's you're being smitten or smited. Yeah, I'm being talking. smote. Be, I was smote. You be smote, yo. I be smote. Now, I, I obviously, but I loved the approach to it. Like. It was actually a really sort of brilliant script, the idea of depicting him as an alien and an outsider and somebody who's dealing with what he would naturally be de dealing with. Honestly, I think it's a lot like your mom's um, Christ the Lord book, where it was like, okay, if he is Jesus and he these are his powers and the things that his perceptions of the world, what would it be like to be a kid with those kinds of... And that was the sort of approach here, not to be sacrilegious, though I'm not particularly religious or Christian, but... You know, I, what would it be like to be Superman and find yourself right. here and growing up here without any explanation for why you're here, but that's what's going on with you? I just thought that was a really sort of brilliant realization. And then probably for a lot of similar reasons, I loved um, Star Trek. 
I yes. didn't get to see Iron Man because I was, you know, having a little face work done. I loved Iron Man. Yeah. I thought, you know, what Iron Man was about was the return of Shane Black to a big studio movie. Shane Black, I think, writes really crisp Love and clever scripts for so action funny films. And just lots of explosions. Absolutely. And there's a kid in Iron Man that you're going to think is so funny, the little kid. You know, yeah, there's always I can't a little wait. kid. Be, there's always some damn the little kid in those big summer movies, some wise, crack and jive talking little child. I think they should do one movie that's all the wisecracking little kids from all the summer movies who have to work together without their superhero counterparts. Right. I think that sounds like a recipe for success. <laughs> it is a recipe That'll for be success. Great. It's going to do better than Squeal, my horror film about mutant pigs that I, escape from I a male fertility early, genetic experiment. Early to make that kind of prediction. We'll see. So, okay, so that's summer movie. So I'm coming down on the side of Pacific Rim, although I don't know, Iron Man 3, kind of a close second. The 3D in Iron Man three was remarkable yeah it just looked astonishing and i love robert downey jr he's always been my choice to play michael in uh say uncle, say uncle as a film. Novel. he's too old now he could play the senator now but at the, back in the day when we first came out and we were trying to get it made as a movie over at propaganda uh it was he was i thought the perfect choice mm-hmm. but it was still his partying days and everybody was terrified to but work with him you know what you know like i hear this about him all the time and i think this is true of anyone who's famous if you can clean up and get to work they'll let you do anything during your off hours and well, that's, that's why what he I still heard. has a job yeah because he always cleaned up and showed up for work and yep. hit his mark the problem with lindsay lowen is she stopped showing up for work she did that movie georgia mouth or oh my georgia god where they wrote that thing the in morgan that creek film said if yeah. you don't show up for work we're gonna have you killed with the producers of lone ranger did you see the interview with oprah no i didn't i know you wanted me to watch that interview but i just couldn't bring myself to do it i was too um keen on the andy cohen interview with oprah that you suggested oh, i, I really enjoyed that i have enjoyed oprah's um pr- promotion of the butler which i would also love to see um mm-hmm. Uh, she just seems to like have finally let her hair down. It's like she unpuckered finally all, after it's all a these lot years. of hair, according she's to been, that magazine cover. Right? She's been out and she's been in a good mood, and she was carrying on with Andy and joking and said breastuses on the national television thing, mm-hmm. talking about uh, what was his what's his name who said that she had tiggle bitties. Oh God, I can't he remember. Was on, I love him. He's a great. He was actually on Iron Man to, in Iron Man to begin with. Oh, Terrence Howard. Terrence. Terrence yeah. Howard. Yeah. And she was saying, "Oh, for God's sake, they are like I couldn't be offended because they really are big, and yeah. so whatever." And they were kidding around. Yes, she has been in a great mood. I think some of it has been getting brought down to earth by her experience with Owen. I mean, that has been a very sobering. Well, that is what she talked chat. about. She said, "There's no such thing as failure. There's just being redirected in a, into another endeavor, or, or into another direction." I think is what she said. Because if she said another endeavor, that would make it sound like she was doing something that else that wasn't a TV network. But she said she was disappointed in how it performed in the beginning. Because I remember the talking points about Own around town were, "They're fine with nobody watching. It's all reality. It's really cheap." And it was. I was thinking, no, this can't be true. That's Not for no, this yeah, long. No. You know. Yeah. So if you know, as you said after watching it, if Oprah can have a hard time getting something launched in right. the digital space, everybody else who's an independent author, anyone who is trying to get discovered in this new media landscape, be kind to yourself and be be easy on yourself because yeah, it's not easy. Certainly, after a year of you know plugging away, and we've done okay with this, but there's yeah. still a long way to go with getting Dinner Party Show up and running and yeah, profitable and all those other things <laughs> yeah, that we'd right. like for it to be. Um, it 
it is. If Oprah had a hard time, yeah, right. Like, okay, all right, then this is it's all there. It's a tough road, to, a tough road to hoe, and you just sort of have to hang in there. And I felt encouraged by it, but I also felt like she was humbled by it. I felt less of that sort of, I imagined it and it just came to be kind of because a lot of her life has been pretty magical. Yeah, it has been magical. I mean, she's a very talented woman, and I think her attitude of I, I, I suit up and I show up and I go with the energy that's in the room to borrow a cliche from one of our provocations <laughs> has has served her well and I compliment her on that the problem that I had with Oprah a few years back was when I was watching one of her episodes and she was giving tips on meditation and her first tip was to go to her four million dollar lodge in Aspen the, the meditation like, yeah, room and meditation. her four imagined four I was million like, dollar lodge that's really not an accessible tip that was like Candy Spelling's design tip that she was tweeting out <laughs> paint your switch plates to match the wall and then you watched the special Beyond Spelling Manor and saw that the wall was marble and the woman who was hand painting the switch plates spent an hour on each one and was a trained Trump Loy artist yes. who was yeah, probably charging her a thousand dollars an hour that's a show we paint. went really easy God, on I on the dinner show. party show but that we really so Cut them a lot of slack on this show. We did not. We could have gone in hard on them. I'm also loving Property. What is it called? Property Property Envy. Envy. Oh, my God. So much fun. It's like that last part of Queer Eye, which... I really, the only part I liked of Queer Eye, where they got together with drinks and watched on video and made fun of the straight people. Right. Um, it was really, it's it's a group of people sitting around talking sh- trash about other people's houses, mm-hmm. um, which is really a lot of fun. Sorry, Eric's doing something with his glasses that I can't accept. really cannot handle that <laughs> I do things. Eric does stuff with I his hands stuff. unconsciously. Eric's a very fidgety guy. He's got a lot of thoughts going on in that very sophisticatedly wired uh, neural neural circuitry I'm in the all skull. all over the place. Christopher, on the other him. hand, is sedate and calm. I am uptight and a Never bitch. does anything weird with I'm his hands. I'm uptight and tall. I, don't, I do focused weird things with my... I used to write in the air as a child. That was my thing. I would write in the air. Wasn't that what you were doing that day? I came to the window of your car. No, I was rehearsing an imaginary fight with Laura Ingram that because was she's really a bitch. Great. Scared the hell out of Christopher. He almost went through the sunroof, and it was Laura not Ingram open. had been a guest host on The View, and she had been her typical horrible self. You know, just an idiot and, and a bigot. And uh, I was imagining that I had been on at the table on The View, fighting back with Laura Ingram. So you know, speaking whatever. of idiots and bigots, do you know that Glenn Beck was the third highest paid television personality, and I don't think he's on television anymore, um, in the world. $90 million. Is that what chart is about? I may actually become a Tea Party bigot. For $90 million? Let's say, let's look at the options. First of all, Howard Stern Makes more, ninety-five right. million last Howard, year. Howard so let's Simon. let's say if the choice is between becoming a Tea Party idiot or just becoming a gross straight guy, I would become a Tea Party idiot <laughs> as long as I could, you know, stick with the penis. I, I think I would go the Simon Cowell ra- route and be a, a bitchy, effete jerk <laughs> that everybody thinks is gay. Right? Is gay. Oprah's there. Oprah made seventy-seven million. Right. So obviously that's gone down because she doesn't have the show anymore. But Robert Downey Jr. is right there at seventy-five million. Yeah. Dr. Phil, $72 million. We're going down the list. There's Rush Limbaugh because he's everywhere like herpes. 
Oh, and Donald Trump, $63 million. I thought Donald Trump's wealth, wealth was founded on him declaring bankruptcy on like a regular basis. Well, that's Are we going to get he, sued for what I said in the not report? I guess that's because he doesn't actually pay his bills. You can save a lot of money if you just declare bankruptcy and don't pay anybody. <laughs> right? I, I think that's probably on a project-by-project project basis. But honestly, I don't really know much about Donald Trump because he just bores the hell out of me, so I don't pay that much attention to him. Kind of like Rush Limbaugh. How the fuck is Jennifer Aniston on this list? She's $20 million. Which is what she has worth of Millers, but has there been a successful movie before that? I think they still pay her. I don't think they count on the things being successful. Well, okay, and there maybe there's syndication from Friends, but maybe. I don't see any other cast members from Friends on this list. I don't think Friends is paying anybody any money anymore at any big level, anyway, yeah. except maybe the the EPs. Well, there's our Ellen DeGeneres at $56 million last year. Squeaking by at $56 million. She'll Did manage. you see that new house she bought in Montecito? My no. God, that's a beach house. Oh, yeah. Portia, mm, girl. <laughs> good job. <laughs> you got you a good wife Portia there. used to live across the hall from me. Did she? She did. We Actually, I didn't live there at the same time as her, but I have the apartment that's across the hall from her apartment. And one day they came back to film a special about her eating disorder, and she wanted to visit the apartment in which her eating disorder had been kind of in full bloom, which had been that one. And the camera crew... Is <laughs> the toilet I used to throw out? I, it was sort of okay. That's kind of weird. I right. was like, whatever. But the, they, they had access to the apartment. And the... Um, uh, we have old school elevators in my building. They l- literally open like a door. And they thought they would just park a big like craft services thing in front of the door. So I was trapped in the elevator and couldn't get out. <laughs> and I thought only for Portia de Rossi would I not completely lose my mind over this. If it had been So you like, had to go down a whole floor and walk up? I did it was a it was a national a tragedy. Yeah, it made TMZ and change.org. I'm surprised you didn't make TMZ, aren't they? Like okay, right are, next door. Are we supposed to talk about fall movies okay, before you bring I up something that makes ama- me uncomfortable? I think the most amazing thing about the fall movie schedule is there's not really a giant Christmas movie this year. Like, there's Hunger Games at Thanksgiving and there's The Hobbit, both of which I'm looking forward to. In fact, this new Hunger Games actually looks better than the last one. You weren't a fan of the Hunger Games. I was a big fan of the books because I read one right after the other. There was no waiting. And I looked back and thought, gosh, if I couldn't have done that, I would have felt like it was too much edging and it would have felt too repetitive to me. <laughs> that's the that's, that's the thing I should say about yeah, a young adult novel, that's right? That's really lovely. Um, Yeah. Um, yeah, it was kind of, I it just, yeah, it was one of those things where I, I have the same feeling about 1984 where it's like, people just wouldn't put up with this. People would burn your house down, you know, like you have to at some point take care of poor people or they'll kill you because yeah. they always will outnumber you. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I, I speak as though I'm not a poor person. I, I'm, one, <laughs> I'm one of you. <laughs> It's not like I'm living at you know in some chateau. In and then France. he's fed off to the Century in I Century City, where he yeah. lived a few floors down from Candy yeah. Spelling. I didn't make that list. We were just reading from <laughs> by a long shot. But you were on the list of people who said a lot of bitchy things about the people about who were everybody on that other on list. That other list. Yes. Which is what we do. Can I yes. just add as a side note here because my caffeine is kicking in that my trainer, who is straight and I don't think has ever listened to our show. When I told him we were so doing a radio show, I, I will say, watch, tonight will be the first night he's listening. Good. I, when I told him we were going to do a radio show, he did a, a derisive, is that how we pronounce that word? Yes. Derisive impersonation it. of essentially this. He's like, oh, so what's your show going to be? I didn't like that movie. I like that movie. I didn't like that movie. I like that movie. I didn't like that movie. I think we've been way more erudite than that. I think we have. I think, But you know what? My trainer is my trainer because he can train. 
Yeah. And that's why we don't ask his opinion of radio shows and art. <laughs> I'm with the dude an hour a day, and like he gives away the ending of movies, which is unacceptable. Which brings us back to movies. He right. gave away the twist endings of The Crystal Skull, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. What are you looking forward knowing. to this fall, Christopher? Captain Phillips. Really? That's Captain the one I'm, I put that as on the fence on my list. Well, like, you're an idiot. I like the story of it, but it's one of those things where it's like. What kind of story is this going to actually be? It doesn't matter. It's Paul Greengrass. The man is a genius director. He can so make it's the anything director interesting. That Paul gives Greengrass you the thing. could direct my trip to Gelson's. And didn't it would he be direct amazing. that Flight ninety three? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a colossal bore. Oh uh, well, I, that's because that you're, the you're life just not very me. erudite and interesting. Yeah, that's it. That's what happened. <laughs> no, I thought that was an absolutely riveting, emotionally devastating film yeah, about what happened inside of the and, uh, United ninety three. Yeah. We're talking about the same movie. Mm, I think so. The one that was actually on United ninety three. That was just what happened during. The hijacking. Yeah. I don't remember you having that reaction to that movie. Yeah. I remember your opinions being more sophisticated, like mine. <laughs> I love that this is going to be a personal attack. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm good with that. Would you, would you like me to go you after you? Personal, about your yes, you have done it all the time. You went after me about that stupid show, Covert Affairs. You were like, oh, Christopher only likes espionage if all the spies are miserable and drunk. And I was like, now wait a minute. I like it when it's well written. And I actually don't <laughs> like spy stories in general. I'm about Captain Phillips. I think Paul Greengrass is a genius director. For those who are still listening who don't know, he directed the second and third in the Bourne trilogy. Right. And those are absolutely astonishing yes, movies. Yes, absolutely. And uh, he directed something else recently that I also loved, but it's going out of my head. It was not United 93, although I liked United 93. It was, if anybody knows, I have no idea. But I'm being told that our party people are reacting to my carb explosion for breakfast. Oh, like you guys have never had waffles and pancakes in one sitting. Like, have you seen those things where it's like pancakes on a stick? It's like a sausage wrapped no. in a pancake on a stick? No. With with chocolate chip in the pancake? No. I need to go to there. Yeah, that's um they're Jimmy Dean, you know, oh. killing killing Americans one at a time. Yeah, one absolutely. breakfast at a time. Like, I had what a, a way moment, to go, right? I had a moment with um Reese's peanut butter cup cereal, I think it is, or Reese's puff cereal i was like this is the thing and i tweeted a picture of it in the grocery store and everyone was like um yeah this has been around for five years chris it was like it was my first you're an old man reaction on twitter where have you been why haven't you been in the cereal aisle yeah, we live the rest in a very certain like we don't even have fast food places in west hollywood it's not you're not allowed to have fast food in west hollywood so the entire city is ringed by if you right. go right at the border is completely lined with fast food places but it is a strange sort of environment. There's, I don't know where there's a Walmart. We do have, we have Target City now. Target City, <laughs> which I just think is. I like hysterical. calling it City been, Target. Have you been to Tar City Target? Where yeah. is that? No. It's down across from the Beverly Center. Which oh, is, uh, yeah. No, I haven't been. I've I, seen I, it from the Beverly Center. I think it means Center. they don't have a grocery department. I don't know what it actually means, but. Uh, we got a strange message from our control what the hell room. Was I, that? I think Brandon Griffith is choking on are you, something. Are you having a seizure? Is he all right? I think everybody is losing their mind at the dinner party show. 45 seconds left in this segment. I can see what Billy, who serves us drinks, is dressed in like a raincoat. I don't know why. I don't know what's going on. We're, we're going to do another installment of our series, Best Served Warm. <laughs> when we come back, we will remind you about some of our programming changes, and we will try to guilt you into pre-ordering my book, The Heavens Rise. Which is the main reason that we do this show. It is. But in the meantime, here's a very special and unique edition of Best Served Warm. 
And now, in keeping with the Dinner Party Show's commitment to community enrichment, it's time for another in our ongoing series of public service announcements featuring the people who make the Dinner Party Show what it is. Best served warm. Hi, I'm a cat, and this is best served warm. It's no secret that you humans enjoy remarking on what a skittish species we cats are. You love to point out how we're so fidgety and temperamental and curious to a degree that suggests diabolical plans. Well, newsflash, bipeds. We can understand everything you're saying about us, and we'd just like to have a little word with you about some of the expressions you toss about with seeming abandon. More than one way to skin a cat, for instance? Or curiosity killed the cat? Or my personal favorite, cat got your tongue? As if most of us could calm down for the amount of time it would take to get access to your always flapping gum. And then there's this preoccupation with how we allegedly have nine lives, which only seems to be of interest to all of you because the rest of the time you're only talking about killing and maiming And if giant creatures were always discussing your destruction, you'd be curious to find a way out, too. So here's a tip, tall, smelly folk. If you'd like us to calm down and be more like those slobbering, brainless zombies you call dogs, how about you measure your words for a change? Because if you don't want the cat to get your tongue... It might be time to watch your mouth. I'm a cat, and this is best served warm. That is a gay cat. That is one gay cat, Eric well, Shaw. That's Quinn. why he's on our show. We come to the dinner party show for your gay cat. Everybody here is gay except for the people who do everything that makes the show happen. (laughs) I know. The the fun, arty ones are all gay, fulfilling (laughs) stereotypes one Sunday evening at a time. Let's review our programming notes for everyone because the show doesn't have enough promos or instructions in it. Right. So we'd like to devote the last five minutes before we go on hiatus to giving you instructions and promoting stuff. And that's kind of the point. We are going on a bit of hiatus. And this is a great opportunity for you to tell six million people that you know about the Dinner Party Show. Right. Our podcast library is there for everybody to enjoy. And it does seem like our podcast sort of gain cumulatively. Like if I go back and look at the downloads accrue over time, people go back to the beginning. It's one of the great things about the show. I think it's like books. It's very patient. When you have the time to catch up on your podcasting, by God, there it is. You can go listen to all kinds of back issues. It's like binge watching things on Netflix. Right. It's like Orange is the New Black. Binge listening. Binge listening at the dinner So binge listen for the next couple of months, but we will still be here Every week at the regular time. It just won't be the regular kind of show. We'll be live on the on the Facebook page or we'll be 
We will right? be on the Facebook page at Showtime, which is 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, and we will typically, we will have a debut or reveal for you guys on the page. We'll have a YouTube video we've never posted before. Tonight, we're shooting some behind-the-scenes videos here, which we will reveal We will reveal for the first time over the next few weeks. Christopher's so excited about it. I'm so excited. Talk. I'm in charge of the videos, and I got to make lists, and I get oh to tell God. people what to do. Usually, so Eric, rules. Eric is the one telling everybody what to do, but tonight, it's all me. <laughs> he tried to get me to go outside. And Eric's like, I don't go outside. I'm the queen of England. <laughs> anyway. I, I just said I wouldn't go outside. Next Sunday, we're doing a special Inside the Heavens Rise, which Can't will wait. feature an interview I forced my mother Anne Rice to do about oh, yeah, my book. Because she hates being on the show. Absolutely. Then the following Sunday, September 8th, is when we will begin Cocktail Chatter on the Facebook page. On our player, we will be marathoning all of our shows. So, again, if you want to tell your friends to check us out, they will be able to sample probably a different show at a different time of day just by going to our mobile app or our website. Right, and of course, always, they can download whichever episode they want to catch up on with all of our special guests and crazy um, correspondents. Absolutely. And then in October, we will have shows, but they will be special programs Featuring reports from the road as my mother and I go on tour together. Let me just tell everyone I know we had a lot of posts on the page. Dates have not been confirmed yet and cities have not been confirmed yet. But we will be posting all of that information on social media, on the Dinner Party Show's Facebook page, and on the new Facebook page for the book, which is www.facebook.com slash the heavens rise. So. And be sure that you've signed up for the Dinner Party Show email list. Where yes. We don't know how to give your names to, you know, those uh, naggy people from wherever. We only give your names to hot people who are really slutty. Right. And, you know, we use them to keep you posted about things that are going around here. And we'll also be keeping you posted about, you know, tour and tour dates and special appearances and things as they develop. Absolutely. And then on November 17th, that is the date of our official return. We will come back to our regular format, which is a two-hour live show featuring special guests. And we will be celebrating a year on the air at that point. Really exciting. (laughs) Not including the month we went on. Right. Even though we won't have been on the air for the last <laughs> the couple last couple of months. Well, that's not entirely true because we will still be here every week at the same usual and, time, and listen, just in different ways. And listen, let me assure everyone, we are not going on hiatus because law enforcement finally caught up with Eric about that thing no, from South Carolina. No, we're because not. we're just not telling them. We're not. <laughs> Nobody yeah. in South Carolina. Yeah. Oh, you know, I thought they were coming in tonight. Well, Jesus. It's hiatus. Break whatever you want. I got plenty of time to replace it. Oh, God. It's the cat. Well, that one's awake for the show, at least. Yeah, that's not my cat. My cat wouldn't hang out with these fools. Uh, just wait a minute. I want you guys to take some dancing lessons. Yeah, no, no. And some Xanax, maybe. Christ almighty. I hope they'll be better after hiatus. Well, guys. Oh, the cat is evil. That's not the best served warm cat. All right, guys. Well, it was a pretty creepy cat. It was a pretty creepy. All cats are creepy. Creepy cat. Cats are jerks. Speaking of creepy, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and I'm not creepy. But I'm very glad that you've been listening to The Dinner Party Show. You've been listening to The Dinner Party Show, and we will be back with you guys very soon on our Facebook page for Cocktail Chatter. But until then, I'm still Christopher Rice. Let's say that a few more times. Still Eric Shaw Quinn, and thanks for listening.
I'd be to a marvelous party. 